Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that gives you just one enlightening page of Talmud a day. And today, we welcome back, after a brief and well-deserved rest, this show's dear friend, spiritual advisor, and all-around awesome guy, Rabbi David Beshevkin. Hello. Liel, what a joy to be together. Liel, is now the correct time to take a light nitpick at the way you pronounce my first name, or we should do that a different time? I think now is the perfect time. I struggle with this a lot. There are three approaches. There's a David, there's a David, and there's a David. Uh And you've kind of charted your own path with a Dovid. Yeah, I like the Dovid. And I'm not, I'm not calling you to task for it. I'm just letting you know that you are a trailblazer in my first name pronunciation, <laughs> and we're sharing that with our audience now. So the decent thing to do would be to ask you, how do you prefer I pronounce your first name? Most people, like my mother, my father, they call me David. But when I feel like you know there's going to be a lot of creative license, and I just want to go with the good old-fashioned, easy to pronunciate, I usually introduce myself as David. But I like your creative flair with it. You're basically telling me that I did to you what Woody Allen imagined, you know, his non-Jewish girlfriend's grandmother did to him, which is sort of imagine <laughs> you in a big strimal and a beard sitting there eating chicken. And only and only you would, would go to that imagery, which I love, and <laughs> and I love your creative interpretation. That's what makes you so amazing. Well, David, 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 Rabbi Bashevkin, Kvodarav, let me ask you a difficult question. Because reading today's page Shabbat 68b, came across this really difficult and fascinating imagery that I'd like to share with you and I'd like you to explain a little bit to me. Here it goes. Returning to our issue, says the Gemara, in any case, as an example of one who forgot the essence of Shabbat, it was taught, how so? A child who is taken captive, what do they mean? They say, granted, according to the opinion of Rav and Shmuel, It works out well as they consider the legal status of a child taken captive equal to that of one who unwittingly forgot the essence of Shabbat. And some other rabbis have different opinions, but I stopped and think, why are they comparing the opinions of one who forgot the essence of Shabbat to tinok shenishba, which is a beautiful Hebrew term to a babe taken captive? So this is a really important concept and passage of Talmud, uh, and it's only gotten more important in the way that we look at different halachic and Talmudic categories over time. There's a question that the Mishnah poses, which is what happens if somebody forgets that it is Shabbos? Let's say, I don't know, you wake up, uh, certainly nowadays uh, when we're all in quarantine, who knows what day of the week it is? I saw somebody wrote online, I think maybe Seth Mandel, he said there are only two days of the week. There's Shabbos and the rest of the week. (laughs) But for a lot of people, I don't know, is it Monday? Is it Tuesday? This Monday has felt forever. I mean, it's hard to know what day of the week it is. But let's say there's a different concept. Not somebody who forgot what day Shabbos is, but somebody who doesn't know what Shabbos is in the first place. How does the halacha, how does the Talmud look at their liability? And what this page presents, actually in the form of a dispute, but it basically says that somebody who is not aware of the concept of Shabbat and the concept, the way they introduce this idea is through a kidnapping. Let's say a child was kidnapped from their home, God forbid, obviously, 
and raised. Tib was not given a Jewish education. Their parents never told them what a Shabbos was, and they were raised having no idea what Shabbos is. Are they liable every single week for violating the Shabbos? And unanimously, the Talmud says, no, they're not, and it's not going to be every single week. There is a dispute of what the liability is, but there's definitely a separate category for someone who was not privy to the concept of Shabbos itself. Now, if you'll allow me, I think this is a really important concept, and it's important. We don't really introduce so many commentators, but Maimonides in his famous work, his magisterial work, which is known as Yad HaChazaka, the strong hand, or Mishnah Torah, the second Torah, which organizes everything, he takes this page and essentially expands it in a wild way, in an important way, to basically include so many people who were not afforded a Jewish education. Meaning, somebody who was not given a rudimentary Jewish education, doesn't know what Shabbos is, doesn't know the basics of the calendar and ritual, they fall into this category according to Maimonides, according to the Rambam. And he basically says that we can't approach them in the same way that we would approach somebody who got this wonderful education, had engaging parents and teachers who taught them everything. You can't look at them in the same way that you would look at somebody who has never afforded these concepts. And throughout history, this expansion of Maimonides has become really important because we all know people and we all have experienced, you know, certain concepts in Judaism that were like, I had no idea. Like, like you know, like you have that, uh, you know, the record player kind of breaks, like, say what again? Like, nobody ever told me that before. Right. And you kind of come back to this page and realize that before you kind of cast yourself uh, and to confession and, and tears and say, oh, Lord, I've been a sinner all this time, press the brakes for a second and realize that this passage of Talmud actually invents, so to speak, a very important Talmudic category. Invents a category for you if you're suffering from the famous Jewish hereditary disease known as Jubarisment. Jubarisment, uh, which, yes. Which, which makes you feel like you're somehow a bad Jew because you haven't you know, memorized the entire day of Talmud. Here comes, well, the Talmud and tells you, wait a minute, did you know anything to begin with? Did you have the basis of understanding? Do you really get what these things are in order to be able to transgress against them or or to move away from them? Because if the answer is no, you're in a different category. Exactly, 100%. I think that is such a beautiful concept. And you know what? In our age of overly judgmental preoccupations, uh, in our age of people often being supremely hard on themselves for the things that they don't do quite well or that they wish they had done better. Let this be a reminder to all of us that different people come from different places and that everyone's journey is very different. Rabbi David Bashevkin, thank you so much. An absolute joy. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Magazine. If you enjoy this show, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafiomi. I'm your host, Leah Liebowitz. Our producer is Josh Cross, and our editor is Paul Ruest. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. 
I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic, and we'll see you again soon. Thank you.